Yesterday's daf was daf Samach Zayin. Today's Samach We started a new parak yesterday. We'll get to the review of yesterday's daf. Then we'll get to today's. I have a mind that our learning should be for should be as chus for Rufu Shlema, for Amy Bastvora, for Moshe Ben Chefza, for Hadas Basronya, for Michal Aviva Basyudis, Alice. Okay. All right. Okay, let's begin. So what did we learn uh, yesterday? So we started the Noperic. We're talking about the, the concept that a Naira Marasa, that means a girl who's aged between 12 and 12 and a half, who's betrothed. That means they did a Kiddushin. The husband did a Kiddushin, did not do it the Nisun yet, didn't consummate the marriage. So the rule is that the father, together with the husband, are made for her Nidoran. That means it's a partnership. They have to do it together. Okay? If only the father does that farah and not the husband, or if only the husband does that farah and not the father, um, it's not going to work. It's a partnership, kind of partnership we're talking about. It's a partnership where they both need to do it together, okay, to, in order for it to be considered properly nullified. Okay, um, and of course, if one of them upheld it, then uh, then of course that's gonna obviously that means that he says that I'm accepting that as an ender. Then of course it's accepted. So the Gemara is bothered by the seemingly re- repetitious nature of the mission. First of all, you say avio baila Does that mean that if you do one without the other, it's not? It's it's both. So the answer is, is that you might think that, it's a, that it means that either one has the power to be mefer independently. The father could do it independently and the, and, the, and, the, and the husband could do it independently. And they both have rishos to be mefer and adarim independently. Kamash Malan, that, that they only work together. That's the, that's the chiddush. Okay. Now, we said in the Mishnah also that we don't, we, of course, if one of them is it's you don't need to say that uh, that for sure the vow is is held up, even though the other side wants to get rid of it. So again, that's kind of repetitious. So the Gemara is right. If 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 one of them just did afara and the other one didn't do anything, it's still nothing. So if one of them was mekayim, what's the meaning? He says, "I like this neder." Then why would you need to re- repeat that? Kind of obvious. So um, it's like, right? It's the same thing as not being Mayfair. Okay? It's, it's even more than not being Mayfair, but why would you even need to speak that out? So the Chiddush here is um, is what if one of them was Mayfair and the other one was Mekayim? What happened? After he was Mekayim, he was Shoel on his Hakoma. He's like, you know what? I shouldn't have been Mekayim, and you have an ability to do this. It's an interesting concept, but even though he says, I want to keep that nether, he went to a, a rabbi and says, I said that before, but I changed my mind. I, don't, I didn't really want it. And that undoes the, the, the fact that it, it was set up, um, that, he, that he established it. Um, you might think that, okay, 
once he does that, it's automatically um, uh, removed the nether. And that's what it's come to tell you that no, they have to, he has to go back and be Mayfair together. They have to go back together and be Mayfair together. Since originally the one of them was not Mayfair, was Mekayim, so now they didn't do it in, t- in tandem. They have to do it together. Both the husband and the father have to both at the same time say, okay, we're being Mayfair. And it's not going to work, that trick. And that's what that extra line teaches us. All right. So the Gemara wanted to know, okay, what's the Makar for this concept? This is pretty interesting that things are working together. Okay, so what's the basis? So the first basis comes, um, it's different Kirsos, whether it's Rabba or Rabba. So the Pasuk says, Fim Okay. Which teaches us that it's talking about Anaira Hamarasa and it's saying the, the father and the husband are made for the Nidharm. So, where do you see in this Pasuk that it's the, the father? I mean, where do you see that in this Pasuk? That's the question. Okay? So, how do you know, first of all, that the Pasuk's talking about an Arusa? Um, maybe it's in the Sua. So the Gemara says, can't be talking about an Nisu in this Pasuk because um, there's another Pasuk for Nisua. Pasuk says, when base Isha Nodara, if in the house of her husband she made a netter, so then that, that's clearly talking about after he consummated the marriage because that's when she'll be living with him. Okay, as we know, by the betrothal, there was usually a period of time, it was like a, technically an engagement. So that's not even. So they, she wasn't living together with him. So when it says, Vim base isha nadar, that means she made a vow at the husband's home. So that means she's that means she, that's where the husband has a right to be made for. So we talked about Nisua. So obviously he's not talking about a Nisua here. So Gemara says, that's not a proof. You're right, there's a pasuk called base isha nadar, but maybe both psukim are talking about a Nisua. Why do I need two psukim of Nisua? Why? So to tell you a different chiddush. That a husband doesn't have an ability, does not have an ability to be made for the nidarim that were that she came into the marriage with. Okay. Maybe that's what the Khidish is. If you look at the words of the second Pasuk, it's saying it sounds like that. In base Ishanadar, if the nether was made after she became consummated the marriage, then, and only then, does he have a right to be made for. So in other words, we have two psukim of Nidarim. One is to tell you that the Nidarim uh, by Nesua, by consummated marriage, the first one is just telling you that the husband has a right to be made for, and the second one is saying, but not when it's, when the vow was there, was prior to the marriage. Okay. So the Gemara says, I don't need to psukim for that. I could figure it out from, um, I, I could figure that out from just writing it once. Okay, why would I think that he could be made for by things, uh, by, by uh, backwards, but before, that, you know, on prior, prior Nidar? That's one question. Okay. Um, also, 
Um, right? Because it says, base isha, just have the one pasuk of base isha, and that would tell me that it's only by, by that's not from prior things. You wouldn't need both psukim. The second pasuk would be self-sufficient to say that it doesn't work on pri- previous existing vows, and then we'd be finished. Alternatively, another explanation why we understand that the first Pasuk is talking about a Nesua is another, another explanation. Because the Pasuk sounds like that. is an expression of Havaya, which is not an expression of living together, but it's just the Kedushan. They did the act of Kedushan. And that's what it sounds like. So the Gemara says like this, okay, I understand you have a Pasuk here and you want to say that it's a teamwork between the father and the husband. Works together, a partnership. So the Gemara wants to know is that how, how do you know that, the, that it works together, that they each are doing part? Maybe the father still, since after all, when you think about it logically, she's only betrothed to her husband, She's living with her father. Maybe the father can be Mayfair alone, but the husband, he can't be Mayfair only with the assistance of the father. So the Gemara says that wouldn't make sense, because if that would be true, then why would it say, the next, the Pasuk says, Va'asra Isar Yani Osa? Why would I need that Pasuk? If when there's, a, a, when, in other words, we wouldn't need a Pasuk for the father alone. If even when she's betrothed, it's only the father. So um, when there's no arus, meaning the father can work independently and he has the full rights to be made for an adarm, even though she's betrothed. So you don't need a special pasuk when she's not betrothed that the father should have control over that. Of course he would. Okay? Um... Right, if b'makam aras he could make for av alone, so then shelo b'makam aras you have to talk about. Of course he would. So the fact that we needed a pasuk to tell you that the husband, that the father has the rights, without the betrothal, before any betrothal, to nullify her vows independently, then this pasuk is completely doesn't make any sense. Okay, uh, so the Gemara says, okay, fine, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the father needs the husband. But the husband can be made for alone. So maybe you'll say, that's true. Um, the father, that, why did it say the father in the Pasuk? It's coming to say that if he was Mikhaim, meaning that's a different story. If he doesn't do anything, the, fa- the husband can do it alone. But if the father was Mikhaim and Eder, then it establishes it. So we're presenting a new possibility that, again, it's counterintuitive in a sense because we first thought that the father should have more rights over his daughter during the betrothal than the husband. Because the husband's not living with her yet. But now we're saying, okay, look, you're telling me that we have a Pasuk, so maybe the Pasuk, maybe the way to read that the father and husband are working together is that the husband has the power of Hafara alone. Why does it mention the father in the Pasuk? To tell you that the, if, however, the father is then it's bound and the husband cannot be made for the Nadarim. Okay. So the Gemara says, if that's true, then why would we need the other Pasuk of Beis Yisha Nadarim? the Kalvachomer. If B'makamav, meaning when, there's still, when she's still living by the father, 
and he's only betrothed her, he has the power to be made for her independently. So when there's no father involved, meaning after, uh, and I could do, he could do it without the, so, so when he's, when he, after the Nesuin, of course he would have that control. So the Gemara says, yeah, but that's not, that's not a good, that's not a question, because you're right, we do need that other Pasuk of Imbes Yisha Nadara, because it's obvious that the husband has all the rights to be made for Nadarim independently, if he could do so when, she, when, she's only, when he's only betrothed her, but what's the Pasuk of Beis Yishon teaching us the other thing? That a husband cannot be made for Bikotmin. That's the Chiddush here that we need. Okay? Um, and so the Gemara says, that's exactly the point. If you're telling me that the, that's the Chiddush of this Pasuk, that what happens by the Nisuin is that he can't do any prior vows, so then, what is that saying? Only a nisua, he doesn't have control over prior vows. But an arusa, what if she had prior vows by the arusa case? Then he would be able to be made for bikodmin, even vows that were on her from before he betrothed her. And why would that be? How can the arus be stronger that it works bikodmin when the nisua doesn't work bikodmin? It must be because of the special nature of the fact that he has a partner in the marriage, uh, in, this, in this connection to this girl. He's not all, he's, that's his, his, the, the father. And for the father, it wasn't Kodman, because the father was the father even from before, obviously. She, he was always her father. So therefore, that would explain, and this is the answer, and this is where we left off yesterday, that would explain why um, it works together, that the husband and the wife, I mean the husband, and the, and the father combined together as a partnership to be, to be made for her in the term. And that's the story with yesterday's daf. I'm going to take it to today's one second. Okay, so we are exactly at the top of the page on Samaches number 68. Okay, so now that was one drasha. So we have the first drasha, the drasha of the Rabbanim. That's Coming from the Pasuk, here it's Rabba's Limud. Rabba, Rabba, there's two different Girsos coming from the Pasuk from Ish, and it's talking, and it's both father and, and husband. Now, the Devei Rabbi Tana, the school of Rabbi Shmuel, learns another source that they work together. What's the other source? Bein Ish Leishto, Bein Av Levito. This is, if you look in the Psukim in Matos that talk about this, this is at the summary at the end. And it says, you know, this is the laws of the Nadarim between husband and wife, between father and daughter, in the same Pasuk. What, what is this teaching us? This teaches us that a father and husband work together to be made for her Nadarim. Okay. In other words, he sees in this that we're putting it together, that it's uh, somehow, that, why are we saying it in the same Pasuk? Obviously, the fa- there's a scenario where you have a man and his wife, and it's also the father and the daughter, daughter and they're being made for the Nadarim together. And it's when she's in Naira Marasa, that's when it will be manifest. Okay, that's how he learns the Drasha. So the Gemara says like this, 
Olatanu, as we know, whenever we have a new limut, so you have to know what they do with the other pasuk, right? So that's exactly the question. Olatanu, it's very mishmal. Well, according to this school of Rabbi Shmuel, who learned it from this pasuk, so im What did he do with that pasuk? The answer is mukam the other member of Rabba. Okay, as we'll see that there's another teaching that Rabba learns from this pasuk. Um, it's coming up on Daf Ayin. Um, I'll share it with you. But basically, the drasha is that uh, he learns, uh, Rabbi says, when the Pasuk says, that teaches us <coughs> that um, um, uh, that, that if they, they were talking about a scenario where the, the, the father, the case over here is, where the um, um, it says right after before it was talking about the afar of the father and then it says what are the double expressions it means it's talking about a special scenario where there's a father uh, where there was one marriage and then uh, in quick succession another marriage okay that's the that's what it's talking about and uh, that's you learn from the double expression just and we compare the first marriage to the second marriage just like the, uh, that's the drush over there on Dafayin, we'll get to it eventually, but the point being is, is that I could explain to you a little bit. Um, we compare the, the status before the first marriage um, and the status uh, before a second marriage. Just like before the first marriage, a father is made for alone, so too, before the second marriage, the father can be made for alone. That's, the, the, that's what he learns from that. Okay? So, um, okay, bottom line is there's a special drush that they, they learned from this pasuk. Okay, now, um, the, the Ron points out over here, said, wait a second, um, then what is, I mean, Rabba, it's the same Rabba, what does he do with, how is he able to learn both drushes? So, okay, that's the question, you know, one is learned from the double expression, and the other one's learned from, you know, the content of the puzzle besides for the double expression. Okay. And uh, according to Ritan Vishmal, the whole puzzle is just coming to teach you that one Chiddush. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so the so the Gemara says, okay, good. That would explain what Rabba does with, what, what he does with Rabba's puzzle. But what does Rabba learn from the Tanad Vayvishmos pasuk, it says Beinish Ishto Beinavlevito. What is it? Chiddush. So they learn from here. The the Rabbah would learn from here that teaches us that the just like the husband can only be mefer and adarim that are Beinoy Levena. Um, um, so that that's basically the idea that it teaches because if you look at it, it's Beinish Ishto, meaning not every vow does the husband have a right to. Nullify only if it's something that's relevant to him. If it's something that has nothing to do with him, then he has no say in the matter. It, that's the idea. It has to be either in inoy nefesh, which the puzzle talks about lanos nefesh, but also if not, it's lanos nefesh. Then it has to be something that's being ishli ishto, and that's what they learn from that puzzle. Okay, it's, uh, that it has to be things that are beino lebeino. Now the Ran goes talks a lot in depth about machlokis. Um, Rishonim, 
um, whether that drasha is also true by the father to the daughter. Meaning, maybe the father only has a right to be made for the nedarim of his daughter that are relevant to him. Um, uh, okay, uh, which is basically something that, you know, even though it's not intimate necessarily, but uh, what it is, the father has like the, she says she's not going to serve him coffee. That was the vow. It's like, that's relevant to me. What do you mean? I want my daughter to be able to bring me the coffee. That's that between him and her. So that's what we're talking about. Anyway, bottom line is the, uh, uh, the, the Rambam holds that it doesn't work that way, that father's rights to be made for nedar are complete. Um, he can, and no matter what nedar, he has a right to be made for his daughter's nedar during the age of Nairus, but, uh, um, but uh, just a husband has to be Beinu Levina. And the other Rishonim say that since it's from the same Pasuk, it would, uh, it would be, sound like it's the same thing. It says Beinav. So we're comparing it to each other. Okay. That brings us to the core question, a very, very interesting question in understanding. So we're saying that it's a partnership. The husband and the father work together to be Mefer at the nether. So what does that mean, that they work together? So Yipoilu, the Shaila is this. Baal Megas Gaius, does the husband cut off his, like, half the nether, and the other nether, the, the other half is still perfectly intact. Or does he weaken the entire nether and downgrade it to a weaker nether and not have the same severity as in a pre-existing nether? That's the question. Meaning one side, we're asking, when one side is, it's really the same thing. We could, we could ask from the father's perspective and the husband's perspective. We want to know what is the way that, that it works. Is it like, it's almost like there's two lines and the husband cuts off one, one and the father cuts off the other. other but if, as long as there's one intact, she's still locked on to this nether fully, 100%. <coughs> or is it each one weakens the nether to like downgrade the nether? We'll see what that means. What's the practical manifestation to like illustrate the difference? She made a vow not to eat two olives. And the Arus heard, the betrothed says, olives, she's not going to eat olives, that's an inu in nefesh. And it was made for his, his half. And then after that hafara, she went ahead and she ate the two olives without waiting for her father's Status, okay? So here's the story. If he only cuts you know, half off the, the vow, so that means one olive is okay for her to eat. The other olive is still fully yasser by the nether, okay? Because they, they, it cuts half. Okay, Half of the iser was cut by the husband and the other half is cut by the father. So she's yasser. Now she ate both olives we don't know which olive is the father's, which is the husband's, but whichever way it works, that's what happens. That's what should happen. <coughs> so, therefore, she should get Malchus for having eaten both olives. And But if you say it just weakens, it's just an iser. 
because the husband downgraded his share, his connection, so therefore it weakens the nether. It doesn't have the same severity as a full nether. And it's just a, it's just a, what we call, it's an Easter Ba'alma. It's just a, it's a, it's a, he did, she did something wrong, but it's not to the severity that it, with its full strength as if it was a fully bound nether. So my, that's the question, and we're trying to prove the answer. Okay, so Tashma come near proof. To understand the proof, you have to like follow along the cases. It's a little complicated. Tashma come near proof. Ema say amru meis habal nisrokna rishoslav. When do we say that if the husband dies, we're talking about a scenario. It's very interesting that although they're working as a partnership, it's not an equal partnership. Okay, it's an interesting the way it works. If the husband dies, so the entire rights get poured out over to the husband, to the father. And he has full control over the nether and he's able to nullify it alone. That's Bizman That's if the husband didn't hear the vow before he died. Or he heard and he was quiet. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. Or he heard and he was made for his share. And then he died on that very day. That's where we would apply that if the husband dies, now it's all on the father, and the father can be made for the nether. When he hears about the nether, he can be made for it, and it's hufar independently. Okay? The point being is, is that in all of those cases, it's as if the father, the husband didn't do a hafara. It's important to understand this. Because when the husband does afar and then he dies, that like undoes any afar that he did. But being that it's, but uh, the, and, the, and this idea that he had to die that very day is only really relevant if he was quiet. Because when he's when he when he heard when he heard it and he's quiet and he left it for a day, that's like being mekayim the nether. So he has to die that day. That's really relevant for the case where he was shama v'shasak. Okay, that's how the Ran explains. So anyway, that's the first case. However, that's the case where the father takes over and now he can nullify the vow completely, independently. And that, well, obviously the, father, the husband's out of the picture. Aval, however, If the husband did hear the vow and he was Mekayim, the nether, or or he heard the nether and then he was quiet. and he died the next day. Then for the husband, the father has no right to be made for it. it's too late. The the husband was ready share, and then even if he dies afterwards, it goes it goes to the father uh, that he won't be able to be made for such a nether. Now what about this case? What if the reverse scenario? The father heard, and he was made for a daughter. But the husband didn't even hear about it. But then the father died. Okay? That's what, where it applies, that the rishos doesn't go to the husband. And basically, even though the father died, 
and uh, you'd say, and, and the father was made for his year. So you'd say, well, that's great. If he was made for his year, then what's the problem? The answer is, since he dies, the afara gets canceled out because it, it doesn't work if he dies after his afara. And now it, the rights of the father don't transfer to the husband. And therefore, even if the husband is mefer, it's still the vow is still attached to her. What about this case? The meaning it only works, that's what I'm saying. If the husband's rights are weaker in that sense than the father's. Okay? Shama Bailavafrila, what if the was the first the, the scenario is this way? First the husband heard the vow, and he was made for his year. And then Achemes Habal, and the uh, father didn't even hear it. By the time the father heard it, the husband died. That we already saw also. This is the case. If the husband uh, dies, the father has a right to be made for the Nadar. Now, the Ran talks about how this case is not exactly as the, as the previous case. Okay? Um, um, anyway, but, but, but because we. we here we're talking about when they first came to the father's table after, after he was, uh, after the after the husband died, so and the afara doesn't work. So you might think that might be worse. Kamash that it that uh, um, that uh, it, it it's still the father. The father has the full rights over it. Okay, and the father is mefer, and it becomes completely wiped away. Now, Shama Baila, what about this case? Shama Baila, the, the husband, he heard the vow. And then he was made for the nether. And the father didn't even know about the nether. Still after he already died. Then the husband doesn't have any rights to be made for the nether. The nether. Why? Because the husband's rights only works for shutfis. And the father... Basically, once the husband's out of the way, the father is back to full rights. That's really what it has to do with. Because once the husband's, as long as the husband's betrothed her and he's alive, um, then the husband shares the rights with the father. But as soon as the husband's out of the picture, she's fully back into the father's rishos, um, as far as Nidarim goes. And therefore, it's not going to help if the father dies um, uh, even without having heard the nether, the husband has no rights to be made for that nether anymore. Because there's no partner anymore. The partner's gone. Shama via v'afrela. We're not done yet with the case. We have to really continue to just get to the raya. Shama via v'afrela. What if the father heard and was made for the nether? Here's And the husband didn't even hear it. Achamis. Um, the, by the, before the husband even heard anything, the husband passed away. The husband can go now and say, okay, what I did up until now was my hafara. The husband didn't even know it. And now I have to take over and I'm made for, for the, his share because I'm taking over his share back. And then he goes back and he's made for, for the husband's rights. So even though he did hafara as far as he's concerned, now that the husband's out of the picture... So he does it for the husband. And that's, the, that's the, the story. So what goes on? What does that have to do with our topic? All this, everything that we quote up until now is Beishamai. 
However, that cannot do that. Okay? He cannot be made for the Nadarim. <clears throat> What's the Machlokas over here? Shmamina Lebeshamay Megis Gaius and Lebeshilal Maklish Kalish. Basically, that's what we're, we're learning from here is that the difference between Beishamai and Beishilal is exactly our suffix. According to Beishamai, the husband's right is like, a, it's like snipping half the nether. And it's a full cut and it, it doesn't weaken the other, the other part. So therefore, it makes sense that uh, if there is no vow on the husband's side, the father can go back and just cut that now himself. But as opposed to, according to According to Beis Hillel, it's um, if the father can't be made for the nedarim that the, uh, from the son that are left over from the son-in-law, uh, that that would only make sense if because if what happened was is that the once the son-in-law was um, um, you know like once there was a hafara partial because the father already did a hafara so that weakens the nether a little bit. And then there's only a little bit left that's by the husband. Then the husband dies. So there's only a weak connection. It's not enough left to take over that he's able to be made for it. Which only fits in if you're learning with this concept of miklish kalash, which is that the vow gets weaker, gets, gets, it's lesser. And it's not significant enough to transfer over. That's basically the idea is how... The Ron explains it. He says there other people explain differently, but this is what makes the most sense then. Anyway, that's the end of this piece. We'll see more now uh, tomorrow, but stop over here. Um, tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to be there, but hopefully you'll have somebody giving shiak.